All right, my happy enders, it's sponsor time. Ha ha ha. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so tired. We had the freaking time change, so you'd think getting an hour back would help, but it doesn't. So uh, here we go. Okay, we still actually have all of our sponsors that we've had since the beginning of when we started getting sponsors, so that's pretty cool. I haven't pissed them off as of yet. Uh, we still have Famous Smoke Shop, uh, where you can get a nice fine cigar to dip in wine, dip in a vagina, dip in an asshole, whatever you want to dip it in. I mean, you can get that you get this um, awesome deal where if you use Hot 20, H-O-T-2-0, you get $20 off $145 purchase or more. Or you can use Hot 10, which is H-O-T-1-0, and you get $10 off a purchase of $85 or more. So, I mean, with these prices, you can get a couple cigars and dip them in different places or just smoke them if that's what you're into. Um, we also still have Handy App, which is amazing. Just the name alone, Handy App and Happy Endings, is just, it's just a partnership that needed to happen. But Handy App is your one-stop app for anything that you need, such as house cleaning, pool cleaning, um, putting together that freaking Ikea crib that you bought because you had a house party and accidentally knocked that chick up. It's okay. It happens. And then we all have stepsons. Or at least I do. But if you use promo code APPSAVE30, which is A-P-P-S-A-V-E, 3030, you get 30% off your first booking. So if you need anything, like call them. They can fix it. Don't call them. Go on their app. Don't call them. That would be weird. Um, we also still have Shoe Dazzle. Shoe Dazzle is awesome. It's a monthly subscription where they send you shit. I mean, shoes, not shit. Awesome shoes. And, I mean, all of us are shoe whores. If you're not, you should become a shoe whore. It's better than... Be no. I'm not going to say it's better than being a real whore because being a real whore is kind of fun, especially in college. Um, but Shoe Dazzle, um, if you use their promo code Happy Shoes, which is H-A-P-P-Y-S-H-O-E-S, -E you get $10 off your first style box, which is fucking awesome. And then you'll be addicted. So why not? Uh, we also have Dollar Days. Dollar Days is an awesome website where it's just everything in bulk. You can get kids clothes in bulk because of that girl you knocked up. Um, you can get shampoos, you know, everything you're going to need to clean this kid you accidentally knocked up that the handy app people built your crib for. It's amazing. Um, for them, Dollar Days, you can use Happy Endings 20, which is H-A-P-P-Y-E-N-D-I-N-G-S-2-0, and you get $20 off a purchase of $200 or more. Or um, Happy Ending Ship, which is H-A-P-P-Y-E-N-D-I-N-G-S-S-H-I-P. And you get a flat shipping rate of $9.95 or more. And we still have Blue Apron. Blue Apron is awesome. Blue Apron is my favorite. You go, they grocery shop for you. They send you the recipe. Like everything's there and it's amazing. And if you just go to blueapron.com slash happy endings, which is B-L-U-E, a-P-R-O-N dot C-O-M slash H-A-P-P-Y-E-N-D-I-N-G-S, you get 30% uh, off your first box. It's amazing. Like, I cannot tell you how awesome Blue Apron really is. I mean, they send everything to you. It's a monthly subscription. You can also hold it if you're going to go out of town where you're not getting the boxes so you're not wasting food. But I'm telling you, it is worth it. 
Now, um, this episode is Leanne Kreischer, Burt Kreischer's wife. Uh, we actually did it. I'm sure you heard her in the Burt Kreischer episode where you will hear Burt in her episode. You'll hear Burt a lot in this episode, but it was a very fun episode, and I hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> I did a half Schubert. Yes, a half Schubert. <laughs> half Schubert. <laughs> you, can shut, you can shut those doors and it makes the noise better. Okay. We'll just do it. Oh, that's me. Ooh. Don't want pictures of me. I don't like that. All right. Hi. Hello. <laughs> okay. So wait, how long are these massages? Are we doing abridged versions? Um, How long's the podcast? Do you need to be mic'd? No, no, no. We're it's surround mic. It's good. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, you see the levels coming in? Yep. Exactly. Yep. So. All right. All right. I got the picture. All right. How long have you been a massage therapist? 11 years. That's a long time. I had my, my middle son is actually my first son. My first son's my um, stepson. Okay. But I raised him because his mom's, <laughs> so um, when I, I used to work at Microsoft and when I had him, they sent me the estimated time to come back to work. And I looked at my husband, I'm like, please don't make me go back. And he's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm all, I'll just do massage school for a couple of years and then something else will kick in. And that was 11 years. How about that? Yeah. Are you happy as a massage therapist? I'm happier now. I like the podcast. Yeah. Um, it makes me realize how much I like the podcast more than real people. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, because... Priscilla, shut up. Um, like, I know I'm allowed to talk during the podcast. Oh, where when I work I at a chiropractor's office, and I can I can just be as nasty as I want, and I know I'm not going to offend anyone, and if I do, it's okay. You're getting a free hour massage anyway. Right. But, you know, at the chiropractor's office, sometimes I have to behave, or some people want to go to sleep, which I understand, but that sucks for me. Right. Well, yeah, you kind of have to help a massage therapist, right? Yes. You have to be present. You have to breathe through pain. Yes. So I like this, and then you know I have the com I do comedy, which I really want to start getting into more. And then I have six books self-published. What? Because I'm a nerd. That's awesome. What are your books about? Romance. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> it's so dorky. It's so not dorky. dorky. It's not dorky at all. Get undressed. Get under the sheets. Ooh. You're in for a treat. No, I promise this is not a dream. It's just a happy ending with Joy Eileen. So I guess I should say that I have Leanne Kreischer on the table now. I always forget to do that. Our dog Priscilla is stalking you, pushing on her. <laughs> she's like, wait, hold on. Are we giving massages? She's, <laughs> she's my dog. She may be a little protective. She's so So, Bert, if beautiful. you need to put her outside. No, that's fine. You put her all the way in the house because she'll just knock on the door. We have a basset hound pit bull that's... No way! Yeah, got a big head. Oh, but that's adorable. Oh, he's crazy. His does name's he, Farley. Does he have pit bull legs? He has basset hound body, pit bull head. What legs, though? A basset hound. Oh my god. He's so short. He's adorable. He barely get on the couch. Yeah. Wait, let's go back. Let's go back. Can we talk about the fact that sometimes people don't bathe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so wait, you know, one time I got a massage. I was I had gotten off a plane from South Africa, and Leanne booked me a Burke's William Burke Williams massage. Oh. No, maybe it was yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went straight to the massage, and uh, 
the lady got done and she goes, you know, sometimes you can shower before you do this. Uh, and I was like, oh my God. So you're guilty. I was so guilty of it. Yeah. That's for Christ, everybody. I can't, I can't believe people would not massage, uh, not shower. I can't believe she would. I would never. I've been, I mean, I, I was, I've been on a plane for 33 hours. I mean, I've done some swamp ass before. I've done some times where I like lift the sheet and I'm like, oh, that's green gas coming out. Oh my yeah. god! But I would never say anything. Like I pull, you know how people have the toilet, like the I call them ass gaskets, the toilet cover things that you use in public restrooms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've had to pull those off people's naked butts. What? Because they don't realize it's on. What? Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's very common. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 common? Yeah. That's so. Uh, I, <laughs> Are I used they to have drunk? a joke about that. I used to have a joke about that that uh, I got up. I got up. This is when Georgia was a baby. I got. I was. Wait. I forget how this went. Maybe you had said it, Leanne, or Georgia said it. it. Was when she was a baby, and I was getting in the shower, and she went, "Dad." She was like, "Must have been." And I guess I was like, "Oh, sorry." And I was because I was naked. Uh huh. And she went, "No, Dad." And I looked and. That little thing had cotton candied itself to my yep. ass. What? It yeah, it adheres. I had taken a shit and forgot I put it down. And I went up and I've been walking around all day with it all. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so gross. You're not the only one. Yeah. No. That all is day. so... All day. And you just have to peel it. That's not okay. It's not. It's just... I don't know. And I think maybe that's another reason is because, like, at least the podcast, you guys see me as human and a lot of people get really excited when I'm like hey you want to be on my podcast I'll massage you where other people are like oh my insurance is paying for this I can treat her as bad as I want this is might be my favorite podcast I've ever done because I can sit here and do all my work and still be on the podcast oh, like, I, I would say I have more podcasts like that where you could come in and go well I gotta book a flight to Phoenix yeah but you know the that's really a bigger conversation than just you. I feel what like uh, they the, don't treat her like a human. They don't oh. see her as a person. Yeah, we're talking about me. We had pivoted already. Yeah, no, well, I'm staying on topic because I know I always make sure when I go to like Target or Ralph's. So that Wait, I love that you just pick the places where people don't feel like they're human. You just you just went through and you're like where all the non-humans were, uh, like Ralph. No, and, that's not what I mean. You know, I mean, like my can, name is Ben. But I watch. Pull down because that's valid. There's no, I I watch. My point is, I watch people in front of me check out and completely disregard the person who's ringing them. I I know, I know. And I go, that's not cool. They're a person just like you are. They just happen to be ringing up your your what you're buying. So you have to look at them and say, you know, good morning. How are you today? Uh-huh. Well, because just, it's just common human courtesy. It's just like a drive-through. Like I have my husband trained. You know, can I get a blah blah blah, please? And then at the end, he says thank you, and I, I train oh, him. Oh oh oh! Leanne did that shit to me. She oh, she. He's uh, the worst. No, I'm not the worst. Well you're, well, you're much better now that I've trained you. She, I, I was not, I was being short with people that I wouldn't, didn't mean to be short with. I just was not being as friend. I was scooting past them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. And it started with this girl, Carmen, on, the, on my buddy Calvin's show, more my Calta. Um, she, she got drunk one night on a cruise and said she didn't like me. And I got fucking pissed. And I go, what do you mean you didn't like me? I'm the nice guy in the world. She goes, no, you're rude as fuck. You call up and you go... Is Cal there? Yeah, 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 let me talk to him. And then Leanne heard me do it and goes, that is rude. And I'm like, what do you mean? But I was being to the point short. Yeah. Just going like, I'm calling to get 
He was trying to be efficient. Efficient, yeah, that's it. Uh But it was just straight up rude. And then I realized that I don't want to pander and go like, hello, how are you doing today? But it just to take one second to make everyone feel like you're human. And what's crazy is I do that aggressively to strangers. Like, like if I I see someone, no, no, I mean the other side, like be Uh friendly. Like if I'm at Gelson's, I almost play a game if I can make people smile. Because I feel like, you know, that's part of the reason I got into stand-up. Uh-huh. And Leanne's like, you're so good with strangers, but then people that you interact with on a daily basis, you're so short with, and called me on it. You're right. Like, fixed me. You know what, though? I get that because my doctor, like, five or six years in, he goes, you know, Joy, when you walk in here, you don't say hi or good morning. And I, it just surprised me. I'm like, I don't. And he's all, no, you walk in. And I go, probably because I'm thinking about the thousands of other things I have to do today. And you haven't given me, no, I would have to edit that part out if I say that they haven't given me a raise in 11 years. But <laughs> well, we can just... I'm not editing the video, so it's in. <laughs> so, um, That's just a fact. No. That's just, yeah, we're it's just a fact. It's not an opinion. It's yeah. a fact. Although they are getting a little nervous because of the people I'm booking on the podcast. They're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I have a show now. And they're like, uh, are you going to quit? I don't know. Maybe one day. So tempting her. It's very easy to talk to her in the podcast. I talk too much. No. I talk to this girl. You mean in a massage? Can we we talk about the elephant in the room, which I'm sure every comic's talked about? But I am so overtly letting her know that there is nothing sexual going to happen that I think I almost make her think I'm trying to get sex. (laughs) Like, I'm so over the top of going like, just so you know I'm not wearing underwear, I just want you to know that. Because I, I don't... There was never like, like I wasn't a massage guy growing up, and then I started getting them when I met Leanne. Yeah. And Leanne's like, yeah, you just go naked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. But I'm always like, just so you know, <laughs> I can't imagine the type of human being. I gotta be honest with you, if you're if the whole Me Too movement just stops dudes from trying to get hand jobs at massages, then God bless it. If I yeah. could give you a high five right now, yes. <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. So and I was dude, I've heard mortified. guys. I've heard guys talk about it before they get a massage, where they're like, "Dude, uh, hey, can you?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You just gotta give her a hundred. And I'm like, "What are you?" Yeah. We won't say who, but there is a comic one night who was very smashed, who kept coming up to me and he's like, "Joy, off the record, off the record." And I'm like, "Whatever you're about to say, I don't want to know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to know." And he's like, off the record, I was getting a massage, and she gave me a hand job, but I really just wanted a massage. <laughs> and he was upset. And I'm like, where are you going? Right? <laughs> Stop. And then now he ignores me because I think he realized, oh, maybe I shouldn't have told her I got her a hand job, or I got a hand job, and my girlfriend, she knows very well, so. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> we don't talk anymore. Oh, that's too bad. Okay. There's a comic. There's a comic. I won't say his name, but he was talking about. He was like, he always went to this place to get hand jobs. He was telling me about it. I've never. I've, I've never. I mean, not that I out myself now, but I've never done that. I just. I'm a. I have a problem with confrontation. So that if someone said no, that would destroy me forever. So like that's. I think that's the problem, inherently in that. But he said he went in one time and they were like, and the lady was like super nice and like can't believe you're here today, and then give him a hand job and then she goes it's crazy we don't have a lot of Jewish clients today and he goes why she goes like oh today's Yom Kippur oh, <laughs> he's like oh I got a hand job on the day of atonement <laughs> how come I can't Best hold day, this no? it's great timing there you go yeah. you're all something for next year oh my god <laughs> I didn't over. want to wait for, for the forgiveness so I'll just do it on the day one of the very first jokes I wrote for comedy was about 
happy endings. And it was basically like, I don't know, like, do you do it at the end of the massage? And what if he doesn't come and I'm busy and I've got another client who's coming in? Like, do I pat him on the back and say, like, maybe next time? Like, I don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Whatever. Or if they come too fast, like, do you, like, give them their hour again? Like, hey, just roll over and I'll rub your back some more. Yeah. How awkward. Yeah. Well, I think I, I would assume the hand job goes at the very, very end. But how much time do you give it? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I guess you got to get good at the hand job. So you right? can. You can uh... And then my like other joke that I wrote was, you know, I don't give hand jobs because workers comp doesn't cover tennis elbow. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and I need my money makers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's see. There were so many things I wanted to talk to you about. I was listening to your podcast. I was watching it. And the one where you had the girls on, the last one you had the girls on. Yeah. Made me fall in love with you. Me? Yes. Why? Because you guys were talking about the book, Paper Town. And um, (laughs) you were just giving them shit. And it cracked me up because I do the same thing with my kids. Yeah. Where they're like, Mom, stop it. Mom. And I just keep going and going until they're just like, oh, my God, where's Dad? Yep. (laughs) It's fun, to, it's fun to do that, right? It's fun. That's what they're there for. Well, to bat them around a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. got to make them, yeah, get ready for life. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm just always the police officer. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when an opportunity like that comes up where I can kind of razz and, I don't know, have a different relationship than, hey, have you done your homework? Have uh-huh. you put away your laundry? Why haven't you done your chores? What do you mean you have softball again? What? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's constant. So, that was a moment. It's fun, though. It is fun. I love being a mom. I didn't think I would be a mom. I didn't think I would be a mom, either. That wasn't in my plan. Yeah, mine either. I'm really glad it happened, because I think um, I've really enjoyed it. It's fun. See, I don't have girls, though, and that makes me sad. Yeah? Because my mom and I are super close, and I'm not going to have... I'm going to be the consummate mother-in-law. And that scares me. Especially if we have girlfriends and wives, like my oldest son's girlfriend. Yeah, why? I don't like her. Why? Because she doesn't like me. But why? She rules his life, and he has abandonment issues because his mom is insane. Mm. And um, so as soon as she was like, I love you, everything went to her. Like, my son's whole life went to her. Is Is this his first love? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they just graduated high school. It's bad. And it just, I liked her in the beginning because in the beginning she, like, got her pilot's license and she was going to night school. And I'm like, ooh, girl power, hell yes. And now they don't do anything except stare at each other and smile, and it's gross. (laughs) Probably talk about how awful a person I am. So. Well, what's his plan? Is he going to college or is he going to community college or... Flight, when, flight school? When he was in flight school, he's going to be pilot too. Um, when he was little, like, so I was in his life from three on, he always wanted to be in the military mm-hmm. to the point where every Halloween he was some... Will you let that dog in? Oh, baby. She's going to fucking bark at Leanne the entire time. Leanne sets it up so that everyone in her life needs her. <laughs> I, do, I, don't, I don't set it up like that. I have a lot of needy people. I do the same thing. Hi, Mona. Hi, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Hi, baby. Yeah, Mona, you're not going to just sit under her face the whole time. <laughs> Come here, Watch Mona. Me. Get up on the couch. Watch me, Dad. 
Oh, there you go. <laughs> so your son always wanted to be in the military? Always wanted to be in the military. I, he has a little hero complex, which I get. Like, he wants to show that he's not his mom, which I get. But um, when he got his girlfriend, her dad is a firefighter. Mm-hmm. And so now he's going to be a firefighter. Oh, okay. Which is okay, but I just, I hope he's happy with it. You know, because it's all you want is them to be happy with their decision, don't do drugs and stay off the pole, which is pretty easy for me because I have boys, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess, you know, it is worrisome, I think. What, if, just for them, you just want them to be happy. You do. You know, I just want my kids to be happy. I was, Isla, my, our youngest, was for some reason has started thinking about high school already. She's only in seventh grade. Well, it goes fast. But this week, last week, she asked me, uh, she has a best friend from kindergarten named Lily. And she said, can we go look at Lily's school uh, for high school? And I was like, well, Lily, you know, I didn't say this to Isla, but Lily is like a gifted student. Like, she's a, a, a typical learner, really, really bright. Okay. And Isla's really, really, really bright, but she's dyslexic. So she's not a typical learner. Uh-huh. Learning is really hard for her. Um, or not, that's not true. Learning's not hard for her. But learning by reading is really hard for her. Uh-huh. So I called Lily's mom and I was like, so Isla said she wants to go to high school where Lily is. What are your thoughts about that? And her mom was like, I have to tell you, it's, it's highly academic school. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if Isla would really like that. <laughs> so she asked me about it again. And then she said, this was last night after Bert and Georgia had left for the daddy-daughter dance. She was like, you know, I like the idea of that daddy-daughter dance. I like a lot of what's happening at Louisville. I just want to be with Lily. So I kind of broke it down for her. I was like, we can totally go look at Lily's school. But, you know, Kathy said it's a really academic school. And my job is to make sure you're happy. Yes. Because you're going to learn everywhere. But do we put you in an environment where every class is so challenging that you you are exhausted and and you're not enjoying yourself or do we put you at a place that's a little more moderate so let's go look at it and see and make a decision based on that because we can still see lily all the time but i would hate for you to go to her school and just be completely bogged down with schoolwork and i was explaining to her the differences in the two schools and she was like okay I kind of get it. I don't want to be unhappy there either. I was like, oh, thank God, thank God. Right. <laughs> we'll still go look at it. Totally fine. But I just want her to be happy. And the school she's in now, she still struggles, but she's so happy. So then you go, well, then that's where she should be. Exactly. Um, in high school, you want them to have fun because after uh, high school, they get kicked out in that world. And they're like, here, decide what you want to do for a living. Yeah. Here, you know. It's and just- it's forever. Yes, it's really not. But it's not. That's what everybody makes you think. It does. It's very pressure. There's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure to make a decision. How in the world do you know at 18 what you want to do forever? Mm -hmm. I think it's a rare person. I agree. Bert knew what he wanted to do, but not at 18, but 26, I guess. But not everybody's like that. No. See, I wanted to be a physical therapist. Did you? I did, but um. I dropped out of college because <laughs> I met a guy online and moved to Texas. Okay. Because I'm a bright human being. No, don't say that about yourself. <sighs> but it just took me five years. Five years ago, it, I decided I was like, that's when I published my book. Yeah. That's And I took my husband. He had to help me like find my self-esteem again because my ex-boyfriend just took it completely out of me. And 
then I started publishing the books and then I'm like I like comedy I like making people laugh especially about the bad things like if I can make somebody laugh about you know my abusive boyfriend then it's okay like it happened for a reason in a way yeah and that's kind of how I did it so I just now started finding out who I want to be and that's kind of what I tell the kids I'm like don't wait Look how long it took me. I'm 37, and it took me this long to be like, okay, I want to be an author. I want to be a comedian. So that's kind of what I'm trying to instill in them is do something you love, and we'll figure it out later how to make money off of it. That's exactly right, because I was talking to Georgia, who's 14, about um, this book that I'd read that I talked about on one of my podcasts called Girl, Wash Your Face. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't need this book. I've already done all this stuff. I don't need any of this advice. But this book would be really good for like a 20-year-old. Right. They're a 20-year-old to go, oh, we all choose a bad boyfriend. Oh, we all work a job that is dead end and we hate. Oh, we all choose bad friendships. And okay, so this is what it, your 20s is about. So I was saying to her, your whole 20s should be about making mistakes. I agree. And picking yourself up from those mistakes and because that's how you figure out who you are. Yes, and then your 30s is just to atone for all of those mistakes. Like, oops. I don't know if it's atonement. I think it's fine-tuning. Right. Where you go, hmm, okay. I've already dated that guy. Yes. It's a different guy, but it's pretty much the same guy. So I'm not going to do that now. No, you find your hard nose. Like, okay, yeah. no, that's yeah. I did that. Don't want to do it again. Yeah, exactly. So if you can just allow yourself to know that your 20s are all about making mistakes and learning from them, then I think you can give yourself a break. I agree. Although you don't because in your 20s, I just heard somebody talk about this on, it's on the radio, so I don't know if it's a podcast or NPR or what, but they were like, if I, could, I thought I knew everything in my 20s. And then I'm in my 40s and I go, oh, I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm so aware that I really don't know anything. But I wish I could have given that to my 20-year-old self, and just to the knowledge that you really don't know anything. And try telling an average 20-year-old that they don't know everything, good fucking <laughs> Exactly. Right. I, I have a joke that, I, uh, that I've been telling about, I don't think vocal cords should develop until you're 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like you can say stuff like, can I take your order? But that's it. There you go. But you know what, though? Most 18-year-olds, especially boys, don't have vocal cords because I swear to God, my kid just mumbles. Like, how funny. You want food? Hungry? Okay. You're going out with your girlfriend. Sounds like an island in the morning. And then there's that line in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the one with Johnny Depp in it, where he goes, it makes me sad when you mumble. And that's kind of the staple in our house. It makes me sad when you mumble. Like, what are you saying, child? Communicate. Ugh, no. But you know what, though? It, around the 20-year-olds who are open micers, it makes you see that they don't know anything and you don't want to be around 20-year-old open micers for the rest of your it's life. It's just really hard to have an opinion about that. Well, I mean, stand-up is so, so... <laughs> hey, shut the <laughs> fuck up, Mona. It's the air breaks. Um, Stand-up is so important right now, and so many people are looking for it, looking to it for answers, and then you look at these 20-year-olds, and their their job is to kind of like try to do what Rogan and Burr are doing, you know, where they're talking about life and dissecting it, that you're just like, you're not, you're not ready to do that. Mm-hmm. Just t- You know, i got to be honest with you, I'm not ready to do that. I, that's, I think that's why I talk about stories of my life, even if it is about buying a gun, 
Mona, shut the fuck up. You're so lucky you live with us. And so, but, but like, you ju I just find it easier to tell the story of your experience than to try to dissect politics because it's so, but you see these kids trying to dissect politics. Maybe it's, it's refreshing to see a child look at, you know, it's like, it's like that old story. You ever hear that old story about a, a, a truck got stuck in the, in the Lincoln Tunnel? Yeah. Trying to go through Lincoln Tunnel and got stuck. And they couldn't figure out how to get it out. It was stuck like it drove in and got stuck. Okay. And they couldn't figure out how to get it out. And this, by the way, I'm certain I am quoting this story is from a movie that never really happened. I'm telling you a story that happened in a movie. But, no, uh, it happened. I know this story. They told him just this little girl was like, what if you deflate the tires? And they were like, oh, yeah, I guess we could do that. Uh, it's it's a a sometimes maybe it takes a child's perspective. I said to Ricky Gervais, I said, you know what's the best is... What my, we were talking about traveling, I said, I was told one time, uh, <laughs> the best thing to do when you land is take your shoes off and put your feet in the grass. It helps mm -hmm. with, what's McCall? He goes, that's from Die Hard. <laughs> it was? Yeah, it's from fucking Die Hard. But if you think about it, <coughs> it came from somewhere because I know a lot of the stuff like I put in my books or like scripts and stuff that I write is from real life. Yeah. You know, so somebody's grandma probably said that, and they're like, oh, we should put this in the Die Hard movie, and then the grandma's like, I should get writing credit for that. Uh. <laughs> Speaking of writing, um, did you always want to be a writer? Like, when you were Isla or Georgia's age, did you think that you wanted to be a writer? No, but I was always good at writing. I won, uh, I wrote um, a short story in seventh grade, and it went to the state like state finals for for creative writing. So I was always really good at expressing myself in writing. But no, I um, I went to college to be a high school guidance counselor. And then um, I, life derailed me, you know. Mm -hmm. My dad going through a divorce and had a bit of a breakdown and moved into my dorm with me. I was date raped and I just went, you know what, I'm gonna go to a different school. I need to get out of town. <laughs> So I changed my major to finance, and I hated it. I was really good at math. Mm -hmm. I have one of those weird <clears throat> brains where I scored the exact same score on my SAT for math that I scored for English. I have the same exact score. Okay. So I have that weird brain that does math and creativity. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, well, I'll just do finance because you always get a job in finance somewhere. And uh, the school I went to, I didn't like their psychology department. So... I had to choose something else. And I was so unhappy that I, I, my mom was like, you should take an acting class just for fun. So I did that, and in my acting class, the woman in Atlanta said, you're actually really talented, you should go to New York and study. So I did that, I went to New York and studied acting very seriously for a couple years. And when I was done studying, I couldn't get hired, so I started writing my own stuff so that I could act. So that's how I started <laughs> writing. And then when I moved to LA, I moved to LA because New York is a hard town to live in. Uh, I enjoyed the four years I lived there very much, but at a certain point, I started feeling really claustrophobic because I grew up you know, in Georgia, which is so green and open and New York is not. And I was like, I'm just gonna give LA a shot. And if I don't like it, I'd always go back to New York, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot. And I came out here and talking about learning yourself, you know, in my 20s, I thought I'd be, you know, an actor. And I got out here and I was like, you know, I'm really not good at self-promotion. I'm really not good mm. at saying I am the best person for this role. I'm really good at saying, yeah, she'd be great also. 
And she would be great also, so I'm not going to fight for the role. It's either mine or it's not. Mm -hmm. And you can't survive like that in L.A. So I just went, you know what, I'll just go back to writing. And I've acted while I was here. I had this one director that put me in all of her movies. She's actually become a pretty good director now. Who? Susan Johnson. Um, uh, I did all a lot of her films, and um, this one guy who kept putting up plays, I always acted in his plays. And then at a certain point, I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm just not an actor. I think I'm a writer. So I kind of came across it that way. Bert and I talk about this a lot. I think people, especially in Hollywood, have a hard time allowing their dream to change. Yes. You know, where you go, I came out here to be an actor, and I'm going to be an actor until I die. Well, for some people, that was maybe just a catalyst to get to what you're really supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I really was not meant to be an actor. I just don't have that kind of ego or bravado or whatever it is, and I mean that with all respect, you have to really believe that you are the person for that role. Yes, you do. And I just don't have that. So um, it's hard to allow yourself to go, well, let me let that dream go, and I'll invest in this other dream. So I didn't really know that I wanted to be a writer. I just knew I was really good at it. And then when I started writing, it was really effortless. And, you know, typically when you're on the right path, the path is effortless doesn't mean it's not hard work. It just means it kind of flows, you know? And, uh-huh. and you're not just banging your head against the wall to, to move forward. And for writing, I definitely, it was definitely effortless. Um, not just the writing itself, but, you know, we optioned. I had a writing partner at the time. We optioned four scripts. One script got made. And studios had started reaching out to me t- to develop, like, books into screenplays. And so it was flowing. It was flowing, and I always have believed that that's how you know you're in the right place. That if you are working really hard, things should start coming to you. It doesn't mean that you should be a millionaire the next day, but things should start, you should start building. Your your career would, would naturally build at whatever pace, but if you're still in the same place mm-hmm. years later, it's. I feel like then that's not a flow. You should maybe look at that and go, huh, I wonder what I'm blocking. I wonder what the universe is trying to give me that I'm saying no to because I'm still stuck on saying yes to this other thing. Right. You know? And you should be happy, too. I mean, yeah, Yeah. you're going to have your setbacks and bad things are going to happen, but if you enjoy where it's going. Like, I always look at Emily and I go, we're doing something, right? Something. We're doing something. And she's like, yeah, we're doing something. I'm like, okay. That's all I need right now is a something. You are, and you just need it to... You just needed to grow a little bit. Yes, I did. What kind of roles did you write for yourself when you were writing like plays and things? For myself? Yeah. You, you were saying that you... I did. Yeah. I, I uh, like you, wrote romantic comedies. Oh, I love it. I was a rom-commer. Um, oh, yes. So I always wrote myself... When I was in New York, I wrote um, with a couple other people uh, an evening of like one acts. So I wrote a one act and I was still, you know, I don't even remember what it was about. I'll have to dig it out. But I was the love. I was in love with some guy. I love it. Um, But then the screenplays I always wrote. I didn't write those for myself. I wrote them to sell them. Uh Um, And they were all romantic comedies. I love it. Um, I just love, I love romantic comedies. They don't make them anymore. You know, the studios are so focused on big budget, big returns. And you go, well, why can't you have small budget, you know, adequate return right <laughs> you know I can't do that 
there's nothing for me to watch. I don't want to go see Marvel movies. I agree. And I don't want to go see The Shape of Water that's so heavy. And yes. I want to go see something that's fun that you can just escape into. Like Jumanji, which is not really a romantic comedy. But that was such a fun movie. It was a fun movie. And they don't make that on a smaller scale. No, anymore. they don't. It's it's all, you're right. It's all, we want the biggest crashes. We, yeah. They all just want to show their dicks to each other. Or like, whatever. Look, look what the big line is. Yeah, there's no When Harry Met Sally. You know, where's that movie? Right. There's none of those movies anymore. Sleepless in Seattle. Ghost, even. They don't make anything like that. Yes, exactly. But that's what I was writing. I think it's always interesting um, to talk to, like, performers that write for themselves and yeah. see kind of, like, what roles they put themselves into. Right. And what they're working through. Because before I started doing stand-up, I was doing mostly musical theater. Uh-huh. Um, but musical theater people, a lot of the times, when you're not in New York, aren't seen as serious actors. Uh-huh. And I, would, I desperately just wanted to be seen as... A serious actor, so I started writing my own plays. Yeah, and they were all d- like dramas and heavy and things because I think it was also trying to work through like yeah. sad things. Yeah, too. And then comedies, so you can tell heavy stories, but in a fun way. And there was just something about the way that theater work was going. I wanted just if if they cried, I was happy. Yeah, <laughs> like, I did my job. Right. It's how the books are, like when I get reviews where they're all, I cried, and then I laughed, and then I cried again. I'm like, okay, that's exactly what I wanted. Keep leaving reviews, please. <laughs> I know, that's great. Now, I forgot to ask, and normally I ask in the beginning of the podcast, have you ever broke anything? I know. I thought you were going to know. I thought you were going to ask, is, do you have any uh, sp- places I should focus on? <laughs> right, I know. Right, right. Bad uh, uh, right uh, Thankfully, she um, manifests her knots very easily like on your shoulders your low back was like hey work on me I'm yeah like, okay uh, gotcha yeah 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 but have you ever broke anything had any serious injuries i broke my ribs when i was about 10. okay um and then i did injure um this right here this part I was okay lifting something heavy uh on a ladder twisted <laughs> and i lifted something really heavy and i've I've injured that part of my back. It's like the S1, L5 or something. Yep. Um, and I can't really get it fixed. I'm seeing a chiropractor regularly now, and it's a lot better. Good. But um, you were all in its business earlier. I was. Yes, you were. And then I've always had neck problems, uh-huh. and I didn't realize this until I went to the same chiropractor who did an x-ray. I have a deformed vertebrae in my neck. Okay. And it, it I, I put my pain, it, or my pain goes in my shoulder. Yes, it, it does. In my left shoulder. I felt it. So, uh, and that's been bothering me lately. Um, it goes, it kind of ebbs and flows, or I'll go years where, where it doesn't bother me at all, and then I'll have like six months where it hurts every day. And I don't know why. I don't know what I did to it. Um, that's kind of all. I've um, torn my Achilles when I was in high school. Doing cheerleading. Oh, you were a cheerleader. I was color guard. You were? I was. My cousin was color guard. Color guard? Yeah. Was color- you didn't let blacks by the water fountain? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Burnt. Yes. <laughs> I was, but I was really bad at it because I am not graceful at all. So I was only in it for one year, and yeah. And well, then I passed out at band camp, and then they were like, "Yeah, because it's come so back. hot there, right?" And I locked my knees 
Oh no. But I passed out on the grass and then when I woke up this female band director is like, are you pregnant? And I'm like, how long was I out? Oh my God. Well, what did you do to me? Right? Was I raped while I was out? <laughs> Rosemary's baby, like, right? what's going on? Is this The Handmaid's Tale? Right, and oh. I was a junior, I was a junior in high school, so I was still a virgin, so I'm all, why, would, why am I pregnant? Why is that the first question you would ask me? I was so confused. And I'm like, why am I on the ground? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and that's when they're like, yeah, you, color guard probably isn't for you. I'm like, probably not. Well, I do have some crazy massage story. Oh, I love it. I've talked about it on my podcast before, so you may have heard it. But I had terrible headaches growing up. Really, really bad headaches. I used to pull my hair to try and get relief oh. from my headaches. So... One Halloween, I went to this Halloween party, and there were psychics in these tents. And I walked in this one tent, and the psychic went, Ooh, you have really bad headaches. And I said, Yes, I do. She goes, I think I know somebody who can help you. And she gave me this guy's number. So I called him. He's a massage therapist and a Reiki master. Okay. And so I walked in the door to his place, and he goes, Ooh, you have really bad headaches. I said, Yes, I do. He said, Ooh, you have a lot of issues with your mom. And I went, yep, I do. And he said, well, I think I can help you, but you're going to have to come see me once a week for like six months, and then we'll kind of start weaning you off of it from there. And I did that. He did some insanely intense deep tissue, like almost rolfing, but not quite, Uh on my upper back and shoulders, like under my shoulder blades Uh in particular. And the headaches were gone. They've been gone until I started getting into perimenopause. And now I have a, a lovely hormonal headache one day a month oh. at like 48 hours before my period. So I know that has nothing to do with my neck and back. Right, it's all hormonal. It's yeah. all hormonal, but he totally got rid of it. That's awesome. The massage was awful. It was so painful. I've done those. And I mean, I'd have to breathe through every pressure point mm-hmm. because I would be almost crying. But he kept, he told me my muscles under my scapula had crystallized, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they were just huge, hard knots. So it just took forever for him to get them out. To break them up. Yeah. It was awful, but good, but awful. It was really painful. Right, um, I'm going to flip you over. Okay. That's my big massage story. That was a good one. <laughs> Wait, when do I get my massage? You next. It's not for you. You're next. This is just for me. This is just for me. It's just for me. <laughs> I was letting you finish whatever you were doing. I'm, I'm just waiting. Were <laughs> <laughs> you just online? Oh, oh my. Mm-hmm. You're Kelsey very Cook good has at a this. New, uh, web series on all things comedy. What, who did what? Chelsea, Chelsea Cook. Cook. Yes, it's which that's Foosballs with Comedians. Okay. Chelsea Cook. Kelsea Cook. Kelsey Cook. She worked with me a couple times in Portland and different places. Mm-hmm. Funny comedian. Is that our Kelsey? No. That's Kelsey Lynn. Oh, okay. Kelsey Cook. What is Kelsey? Uh, blonde lady, she just did her album release. No, no, why? What's the fingers? I was still in you, know, it was 40 minutes, but oh, okay. I do that out loud then. I was like, why, are you, why are you fingering me right now? I don't understand. I feel this. <laughs> anyway. Alright, hang on, let's watch this real quick. Yeah. Um. Oh! What are you watching? Uh, having a run here today. Um, had a light day yesterday. Oh, fuck off. Oh, about a mile and a half run. To the hills, with young Marshall May. Marshall, say hi, buddy. Um, you're really good at this. Thank you. Say we're getting after it. Thank you. Gotta make up for lost time. 
Alright, Shafir got hey, what three hundred. Hey, why don't you put your headsets on real life? Just, I'm watching this and it's spin classes. I know, but you're interrupting their podcast. Yeah, we're gonna talk about me. It's rude. No, we're gonna talk about me, and this is what we're talking about. Then play it when it's your turn. Oh, I see what you're doing. Thank you, Joe Rogan, for making a guest appearance. So tagging him in. Dropped in while I was massaging Leanne. It was amazing. Right. Um, he ran all the way here. That would be funny though. I was thinking like every time somebody walked into that late that psychic lady's tent, she's like, "Oh, you have really bad headaches." I know, right? They were totally <laughs> grifting everybody. Yeah, that would have been really funny. Yeah. I don't think it happened. Probably in that not. particular, but that would be really funny. Because I can kind of tell people, I'm, I'm like, oh, you're walking crooked, or oh, something's going on with your left side, just by like totally. seeing their gait and stuff, and it freaks a little, pe- a couple people out. It freaks little people out? It freaks <laughs> little people out, that, you know, I had to help him on the table. It was really <laughs> freaky that he said, oh, you have probably your mom. Right, but yeah. I was like, because I went to, oh, God, my mother-in-law is super, super into psychics and mediums, so we went, all the girls, we went to this medium, and this chick... She was adorable, and but some of the things she was saying was so off. Oh, yeah. She was like, you know, your husband isn't supportive, and you need to leave him. And I was like, oh, honey. And it was all broad statements. Yeah. But, and now, like, my mother-in-law's like, oh, she was really on. I'm like, oh, so you... You, you don't think John's supportive of me? You know, he watches the boys while I go do open mics and podcasting. And she's like, well, that's not what she was saying. Because it was so broad, you could almost interpret it something a right. different way. Right. So, I don't know. Your mom's into, your mother-in-law's into psychics? Oh, yes. Yeah. Very much so. She should listen to Susan Pinsky's podcast. Susan Pinsky. Oh, yeah. Drew Pinsky, Dr. Drew. Uh huh. His wife has a podcast where she has a psychic talk to somebody every episode. Okay. Uh, sometimes two psychics. She'll have one call in and one be live uh-huh. in the studio. And I did that, Bert and I did that podcast, and that woman was a legit psychic. That's insane. Like, okay. She was legit. So the people that are on her show, if your mother wants to go see a psychic, uh-huh. I can look at those people on that show. <laughs> right. Because that woman was okay. saying all kind of stuff. She was like, you should be a writer. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, should. That's, that's crazy and very specific. And she said a bunch of stuff on that episode. You should go back and listen to it. It's been a while. I'd be terrified, though, if I went and saw a psychic and they're all, you should just be a massage therapist. Like, everything <laughs> else you're doing, you should stop. Because you're really good at just massaging. Joy always goes to, like, the worst I do. I do. I do. I do. that. I do. It's just like, you're not good enough. I'm all right. <laughs> like, when people are like, oh, I want to read your books, the first thing out of my mouth is, they're not that good. Yeah. Why do you do that? Because that's what real fucking artists do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know who doesn't do that? Who? I'm not going to name names, but fucking comics are like, I fucking killed that. I fucking murdered. I fucking murdered. And you're like, I just watched that show. Is that what you define as murdering? You think that's murdering? Oh, but wow. you say that to me all the time. Hey, you're my you. fucking wife. <laughs> I can say that I had a good show to you. I can't, I'm not, I don't come off stage like, lit that room on fire. Yeah. If someone goes, what, how, Bert, what do you think? How's your stand-up? I go, Right now, honestly, it's a work of rock. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, every time I get up, I'm like, it was terrible. It was terrible. Even if it was, like, a really good response. And then you just deconstructed going, like, was that laughter? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, just like you, I got off the potluck on Monday. And 
She's like, you did really well. And I'm like, no, I didn't. There was only four people in the audience, and one of them hated me. And I'm, no, I need chicken tenders now. <laughs> I would never be a stand-up. Never. Oh, this is a terrible job. I, I would be a wreck. I, I don't know. It's awesome. It's I know awesome. you have to be a certain type of person. And I mean that in a good way. Obviously, uh -huh. I married one. So uh, I like that type of person, but I, that, I'm not that type of person. I'm not. That's how John is, though. Like, John and I are the complete opposite in so many aspects, but... What is that like? Because um, I know that we're kind of... Most comedians are neurotic, and we're, like, a really, like, alpha sort of personality uh -huh. in a room a lot. What's it like being married to someone who's just on all the time? I'll take this one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bert's not on all the time. No? No. He is neurotic. And he is high maintenance, and he is needy. But I think uh, I think what works in a relationship with someone like that is the partner has to be uh, a whole person mm -hmm. and know who they are, because a person like her can take you over, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're so large. So if you are not really secure in who you are and have a voice and can say, no, I don't agree with you, and be able to stand up to that person, I think it makes it, it would be a really hard relationship because at the end of the day, the non-comic participant in the relationship, I think would get lost. Um, I, uh, I am a bossy, I think, in mm -hmm. some ways. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely very stubborn, very strong-willed, and I do form my own opinions based on my own thoughts. And I think that's one of the reasons Bert and I work, because Bert actually, I think, really respects that. Where I think some comics have a hard time allowing their partner to have that. You know, comics are very self-focused. Yes. My experience of comics have been that they are very self-focused. So if you, narcissistic even, so if you have an opinion that's different from theirs, it's hard for them to tolerate it. Yes. But mm -hmm. Bert can tolerate it from me. So I think that's part of what makes it work is that I know that I can have myself entirely and get this relationship. And I don't know that all comics can, can function that way. No. Um, it makes sense. So Bert's special in that way, I guess. Bert's yeah. special. graphics. <laughs> Is it a PH? Yeah. Yes. Graphic, that's He's also dyslexic. So. <laughs> Me too. So I always have a job. Spelling. There yeah. you go. I just yeah, walk around the house like, no, it's a, it, it's a V, honey. It's a V, right? <laughs> Am I done? You uh, are done. Is there anything you want to plug? Oh, sorry. That's okay. Oh, anything I want to plug? Anything you want, your no, podcast? My, my awesome podcast, Wife of the Party. Yes, I love it. You're just about to hit a year, yeah? Am I? No. January will be a year. January? Yeah. I'm on like episode 41 or 2. Okay. So about 10 more weeks. Yay! It's been really fun. I really enjoyed it. All right. Yes. What time's our heart out, Leanne? I have to be somewhere at 1230. Okay. So. Right. Okay. Um, but you don't need me. I mean, I can leave. No, but I have to work out for Gary Owens. Uh, this fucking... Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode. Um... I hope everyone has a good day. <laughs> um, please like, comment, send us emails. It's joyshappyendings at gmail.com. Anything, um, we appreciate all of your guys' support. And until next time, I hope you guys have a happy ending.